Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome to On the Record with your host, Ashram Lux Lucis. of On the Record. I am your host, Astrum Lux Lucis, and this week's guest is an amazingly talented singer-songwriter and musician whose alternative electro-rock EDM billboard charting music is taking the world by storm. Her music catalog contains over 200 songs that have been placed in numerous film and television projects, and aside from being a prolific songwriter, she also does voiceovers and is a talented multi-instrumentalist performing all with the lead guitar and cello parts on her latest release. Her voice is rich, intriguing, powerful, and intensely passionate. And after hearing her latest single, I'd like to add draw-droppingly amazing to that mix. I am so honored to be spending the next 45 minutes exploring this amazing woman's journey along the road of success. Please welcome Lakota. Oh, woo! Yay, yay! Wow. <laughs> I want to meet her. <laughs> I think I have Hello. a new career as an intro writer. <laughs> I think so. That was awesome. Hello. So Hello. Nice Hello. <laughs> yeah, so great to have you. I'm just really like, uh, we were talking a little bit off the record, and I was telling you how it's been probably a good 20 years since I've heard some music that's made my jaw drop. And wow. when I heard your song a couple of weeks ago, when I interviewed um, Kathleen Wirt, um, I was just yes. like, Oh my God, I have got to interview this woman. Her voice is just her music and her voice is absolutely amazing. She's like, not of this world. So <laughs> I am. That's sweet. That's, I think that's sweet. Not of this world. I hope that's sweet. <laughs> But no, really, that's awesome. Yeah, Kathleen, first of all, is a really good friend of mine, and I loved your interview with her. She is such a contributor to music world, humanity, actually, and particularly a woman in Los Angeles doing her thing. It's really important. So, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. 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 Right on. Yeah. So tell us, Lakota, how did you get started? I mean, were you a little girl and were just like, yeah, when I grow up, I want to be in this crazy business called the music business. And, <laughs> you know, what, what was your dream as a child? Ah, was I a little girl? I was born grown up. I was conjured, actually, <laughs> darling. No, no. Because <laughs> you're a Palladian. You just were beamed I here. <laughs> How did you know? Wow. Sorry to get up to pull you. Um, actually, yes. When I was a wee lass, as they say, I, um, I always, you know, wanted to, my father was a singer, a musician as well. He did it for more of a hobby. And I have three sisters and we all grew up singing harmonies and, you know, uh, to his guitar. We had shows and I always knew, God, I, I want to be a singer. But, you know, as you get older, you, you know, you have to go to school and get a real occupation. So, I didn't pursue it so much as a child. Even in my heart, I knew that I was supposed to be a singer and a musician. Any instrument that I'd come across, I'd start playing. And I didn't get any lessons on them. So it was like, as I tried to fight it through high school and then university, it was just like, I played everything. I played trumpet all through school, guitar, bass, and it was just, I kept trying to fight it, but it was like ridiculous. But I knew when I was little that I was supposed to be a singer. And that is no crap there. That's the truth. So I'm a, I really did. I can't believe no one's asked me that in a long time. So I'm like, wow, I, I totally knew, you know. But 
as you get in life and you realize things you have to do, you don't always, it's not a practical choice. Unless, of course, your father or your mother or if you have a family member that has already won a Grammy, because then it helps. <laughs> but um, otherwise, <laughs> you know, you're starting on your own. So, yeah. yeah. So I did not. Wow. Know. Yeah. So yeah. was a family member a Grammy winner, or did you um, kind of go a quote-unquote traditional route and go to school <laughs> and get some degree that you hated yeah. and get some Absolutely, job I did. No, if yeah. I had a family that was a Grammy winner, I'd be on my, like, seventh Grammy right now, honey. So <laughs> that would be a no, okay? But, and um, I probably would have um, had to jump through a bunch of people just to talk to you. <laughs> that's right. It would have been a lot harder to get a hold of me than what you did. So there you go. <laughs> but, um, no, no, I did go to the traditional doubt. I always had music. I was in all music throughout school and everything. But I didn't. I wrote my first song at 10 on the guitar because my parents performed at a uh, coffee house. And my mother did poetry, and my parents were very progressive. And uh, so I performed my first song at 10, and I remember writing and go, oh, God, I can write too. And it was just normal. It's like normal. It's really nothing out of the norm for me to write. I started writing early, and I'd hear the radio and go, God, if I would write that song, I'd do this different. I was like, you're teaching top 40 at 11. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, okay. But I knew, you know, I knew I could write songs. So. Yes, it's it was it's always been there. And then I, as I went through school and university and and all the things that you do and get your degree in, um, it wasn't until after that that I realized um, I have to go for this, or because I don't want to be like you know eighty five years old in my bed and going, oh, I could have been something. I could have, boy, if I had pursued my music, boy, you know, I didn't want to be that person because <laughs> you know in your heart what you're supposed to do you just know and yeah. and I knew so I went segued right to it and uh, uh arrived in Los Angeles after around a bit and started uh, writing demos for other people uh they'd come to me with a song and they'd pay me a, 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 a fee and I would they'd have maybe lyrics or they wouldn't have music whatever it was I'd write what they needed usually the music and put their lyrics that they had to, I guess is what it was. I didn't know what production meant even, you know what I mean? I would just get paid a hundred bucks and here's these lyrics, make a song. And I'd make a song. So that's how I started in LA. And then I made my own demos and it just moved on from there. Yeah. In the meantime, playing instruments all over the place, you know, mostly guitar and then all trumpet through school. I can actually read music, but in the studio, you're not always doing it from like technical music standpoint. It's all feeling and, sort of thing. And then my mother uh, was a uh, uh, writer, so I think I got the writing ability from her and the music from my father. So I think that's how it worked out for me, you know? Wow, nice. So how, what, what, how long ago was that? Because I'm thinking, like, did you have a home studio? Were you going to renting recording studios? Like, how were you doing the mm-hmm. demos and stuff back then for people? Let's see. Well, since I'm only 21... It was only a couple of years now. <laughs> no, actually what happened was, right? Um, no, you, what you do is I recorded it in my bedroom. I had a four-track. Oh, and wow. And you just start recording, yeah. And then you learn how to manipulate four-tracks with sequencer. And then you can have, like, 100 tracks if you do it right. So I just put yeah. together my first demo from a long time ago. And then you learn how to mix. It's just you. I did it all myself. And then I would get into it. Uh, how did I, I don't know how I get in my first studio. God, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, God, I don't remember. It was some time, and somebody said, hey, come here, I guess. And I remember from hearing it in my bedroom to an actual studio, it was like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. It was like big and loud and awesome. And from there, I just kept recording. So I've had like you know, four albums. This current album that I have just released is uh, like my greatest hits, if you will. And um, it's, I'm really proud of it. My first international release, you know. But uh, it's the same for me. It all comes from, and when I'm in my, my bedroom when I was little, not that little, but you know, and uh, I recorded on my four, my four, my four tracks. And, um, and then I was always a singer in choir and stuff, you know, I sang in choir. And <clears throat> then in L.A., I started a couple of bands and, you just it's just like working the trenches literally from the ground up 
I mean, you know, just paying my rent from producing demos and you just move on. You just don't think about, oh, I'm not going to make it. It's just not an option. You know what I mean? It's just not an option. You yeah. just create, create. There was a period of time I was just writing constantly. And now with the way I write now is I have a button I can turn on and off. It's like if I need to have three songs tomorrow, country songs, I'll just write it. If I need whatever kind of song, I am able to open or close that door now. We'll be right back. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. And we're back on the record. Uh, so on your latest album, you played almost all the instruments. Was there, was there sequencing or were you like behind a drum kit? I mean, talk a little bit about that. Okay, well, this album, um, yes, I did perform the basic instruments, except, of course, the cello, which is my good friend, Erin Hawkins, who's brilliant. She uh, she played the cello parts, and, of course, uh, I have uh, uh, Elizabeth Ortiz, who does all the uh, lead guitar, and she was, uh, we were in a group called The Deep Happy for quite some time here in L.A. She was a co-writer of mine, and I have a couple of songs on the album that we wrote together. She was brilliant as well. And the other parts, the rhythm guitar, yes, I wrote. The drums, yes, I played. And I did some overdubs on a drum machine for fills and stuff. Keyboard parts and piano I played. Um, gosh, is there anything else? Whatever else is on there that's not the cello or the lead guitar I played. Because I was used to doing that when I made my demos. And you know it's done right. This current song, the new single, 4th Street version, the soldier song, it has I have guest artists on it. So I only sang on this one, which is really cool. And it's so cool to see other people's inter- interpretation. And uh, mm-hmm. I've learned to open myself up to others playing my songs, besides in the live band, now that I have, I've had many bands. Um, but I used to be like, i got to play this. i got to play that, because it's the only way it's going to be right, you know? I've got to have this mm-hmm. part. I've got to have that part. But um, particularly this last song, and a, f- a few years ago, you know, you learn how Open it up, like when you have your producer come in. You know, I don't want to produce my own songs more than you already do by recording and writing them because you need mm-hmm. somebody else's perspective on it, you know? Yeah. And they'll play something you've never heard of, and it'll create a whole new opening. And that's what happened with the song we recorded at Kathleen's studio, um, 4th Street. It opened up a whole new galaxy. And that's why 4th Street version of So Strong came out so incredible. It's because it was beyond even my imagination. And I have mm. a pretty good imagination. You know, I allowed a, a bass guy to play it, guitars, you know, my celloist, different, I, I allowed it. And look at what happened. So just cause I love to be. Yes, 
album when I listen to it now oh my god it's so such a journey and I know today people don't usually buy albums which by the way is another conversation concerning the market paradigm that has changed (laughs) which is okay don't get me started on that but you know if you listen to a body of work from the beginning to the end is is as I think Beyonce said it's it's almost a dying art now to listen to a complete body of work and and I hope it comes back where people instead of cherry pick their singles on iTunes you know I offer on my my website makotomusic.com that you can buy the actual physical CD because you have mm-hmm. artwork you have the lyrics you have the byline who who was on this song and it makes a difference to yeah. experience a piece of work and so I I employ people to you know, go against the, the grain today of streaming everything. Not to mention yeah. it doesn't have much proper rich for its artists, but that's another subject again. But you, you <laughs> get a work, an album from the beginning to the end. Because I remember growing up, my parents had these great albums from uh, King Crimson to Black Sabbath to Buffy St. Marie oh, yeah. to Kate Bush. Kate Bush is my ultimate, by the way. And you pick up the album and you look and you just... Experience the feelings, and you look at the lyrics and the artwork. That that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And today's, you know, the digital world, as great as it is, it, with all its, you know, attributes for distribution and all that, it tends to lack that experience of the art. Was like you go to a museum, you see a piece of work by Rembrandt or someone, and you just experience all in one, you know, every stroke. Mm-hmm. And now that we yeah. cherry pick the music, it's a different approach to experiencing. The music, and um, I'm not fond of it, but yeah. I encourage people to, you know, if you like a couple of songs of an, of an artist, go to their album, buy the album, put it on your phone, or buy the actual physical CD and experience it again. It's a whole other level of enjoyment. 
the whole album is telling a story. I mean, there's a reason that we write albums and put them into a body of work. You know, it's not like yeah. it's usually there's a theme going on in your life at the time you're writing that particular album. And each song on that album is a piece of the puzzle. And I, I think yeah. that, you know, like you're saying, if you're just buying one song and that's it, you're not you're really making that, that yeah, you're cheating yourself and you're not making that human connection with the artist, you know. Right, right. and yeah. you know, when you do get into an album too, you're going to identify with some of the stuff. It just right. happens. You're like, oh, God, I feel that, man. And that's what it's about. We're here to feel, everybody feel from love to, to, to sorrow, even, you know, and it's really beautiful. So yeah. I'm really, 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 really. I don't know. I'm just really, really. Okay? I'm just really, really. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So talk a little bit about, because this is like a big buzz thing nowadays, Um, getting your stuff placed, you know, getting your stuff placed in films and TVs and TV shows. How well, how did you go about doing that? Did you, I mean, you're you're well, in that, LA, so it's like yeah, you know, it's easier. I am, but probably. you know that doesn't. It's not that you know nowadays with the way the market's working, plus with with the internet, wherever you are is is not that that big of a deal. Still, who you know, obviously. Yeah. And placement is often about again who you know, and also the level of placement you, you get on. You could get a song placed just by a conversation you had when you were mixing something by chance or through your PR who submits it on the level that the PR has and they, they're they in with that particular group. So, I mean, it's like a crapshoot. So I can't give one, well, you're, you're, what you do is you, you get your, your, your demo ready and you get your, and then you, you apply online and you submit. You know, no, because there's a lot of online scare money. They'll pay you 25 bucks for a submission because we were looking for a romantic comedy, uh, you know, song, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And you have to pay, you know, whatever amount to get it submitted. There's so many of those. There's so many loopholes in the industry right now. And it's very dangerous, particularly for independent artists such as myself and you. You have to be very aware of it. But for me, it was just for chance stuff. And then now I have uh, incredible... PR person, uh, Danny Cortez Entertainment out of Toronto, who has, she's an artist herself. So she's been through a lot of it. So she knows a lot of pitfalls. So that really helps to get your music right to the direct people to listen to it. So that has been a huge plus for me. Um, so I, ha- I guess my answer is luck and chance and some logic to some degree. But you know, you have to you have to be sure you know how to write songs too. I mean, be able to distinguish a song from another song that makes no sense, does it? I mean, it's like I have an EDM song. My Billboard charted hit song on uh, a couple of years ago is called Falling. You guys can find it on iTunes, Falling by the Kirk, by the way. And it was EDM. It went to number forty two on Billboard. And I had some great DJs remix it and that's what got me on the chart. And they have some vinyl copies of that, too. So I've done vinyl not needing to. You know, it's because the DJs, the DJs now are pretty big. And often uh, a lot of TV shows, they're all looking for hip, cool music. They'll take 30 seconds of one of your songs without the vocals, and they, it's in the background of a club scene on a CSI show. You know what I mean? It's that mm-hmm. obscure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like throwing darts at a board. You know, there's no plotting, no planning. It just, it's just the look of the Irish, darling. That's all I say.
who you know you know and I, I used to have this saying back in the i guess the late 80s early 90s it's, not, it's who you know and who you blow who you blow then who you know you want to be yeah. frank about it. <laughs> okay let's not kid ourselves here okay children <laughs> who you fight and who you might <laughs> But, um, you know, but it's really about that in your relationships with people. And um, I think, God, it's just, you know, and it's sometimes disconcerting for me because, you know, you're really doing this from your heart and you're out there, you're trying to make a living at it and this and that and the other. And you see other, like an artist, whatever, that's just the music, you just, it's not, you know, not, it's all subjective, of course. And, you know, and you're just like, ew, that's whatever. And they're just out there, beep, 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 beep. And it's like, there are no rules. So, you know, even who you blow, when you know, I'm guaranteeing you a show. <laughs> That's, That's right. That's how we go. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gonna, okay. I'm using that as the show title. This, this, this interview is going to be titled. <laughs> even if you blow. And then <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right, that's cool. That's copyright uh, that right now. Copyright right, right now. <laughs> Trademark it. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who have been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. And once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. And we're back on the record. Go about networking. Is there are there um, groups that you belong to or, or 
groups that you've been a part of who have helped advance your career just through going and being in the network environment and doing that whole, that buzzword network, you got a network. Yes. Well, uh, a little, um, the, the one that first one is the Los Angeles women in music, which is uh, Kathleen Ward is the vice president of, I ran into them a couple of years ago and they, I had a video premiere released for my single, I feel your body, which got about number 83 on the chart, I think. It's an EDM pop dance song. And Kathleen Wirt uh, came to my red carpet premiere of with the, of the video. And that's when I joined uh, La Wim, Los Angeles Women Music. And they're a great organization for information and connecting and a lot of networking. Um, and, and others, others, let me think. You know, I'm not, I don't have a lot of organizations that I'm involved in besides Los Angeles Women Music and the people I'm working with. So, some some songwriters are they're in the BMI I am BMI, but there's you know it's really a matter of how I feel what works for me. So I'm not one to run to a lot of organizations. Maybe I should, you know, maybe I should. <laughs> but it hasn't really come upon me more than like Los Angeles music, and then there's been a couple that I don't even remember right now. But it hasn't played a huge part in my career. I would have to say to be honest, except mm-hmm. Los Angeles women music is playing a very active role information and we just had a big Grammy seminar last Saturday concerning, you know, how you become a Grammy member, how you vote and how you submit, which is uh, a big deal too. So gives you a whole new uh view upon the Grammys, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. You know, you think, Oh, I have a good song, someone's just going out the blue, go, Oh, let's nominate Lakota. Well what's wrong with us? Oh it works, you know. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's not. I hate to bust your bubble, Cinderella. <laughs> but you know what happens. But um, you know, um, so it's just it's and, and the business providing business with the music. You know, sometimes when I've done shows in LA all last year, like once a month, and from various various venues, and you have you have a band and everything, and each show people think, oh god, how fun you're playing out, every, and you're thinking how well much work it is because you have to mm-hmm. guarantee a certain amount of crowd. And Los Angeles is a fickle town concerning a following because mm. any given night, 2,500 national acts playing here, local acts. I mean, you know, without radio play, airplay, or something, and a big promo, it's tough to build a following in Los Angeles. So when you play out, you have a lot of other things to worry about besides just the show. There have been shows where I'm just like, everything else is on my mind, and then, oh, yeah, I'm about to go on now. And so mm. luckily, luckily, I can put, I'm, Luckily, I'm really good. No, luckily I can, uh, you know, make that switch and be in the moment to sing the music. But boy, I'm telling you, it's a business, and it can it can really be, you know, challenging for artists these days because of the different paradigm. You know, I one of my songs, Heaven's Own, had over 150,000 uh, downloads on SoundCloud. Those people loved it. They listened to it again. Now, a few years ago, they all would have bought that song. They would have heard about it and went to the store and bought it. But now they list, they stream it, and it, mm-hmm. it changes your income. I have been uh, directly affected by streaming as opposed to buying directly. Mm-hmm. And it's wow. really a big, it is really a big deal, you know. Um, yeah, because so you get you get like point zero 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 half a penny quarter, <laughs> like a, a hair of a penny, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not even worth mentioning what you get. So, you know, you always have the buy list <laughs> when people hear the song. But it, the culture too, this culture after Nap- Napster, the culture is, oh, I can get music for free. Even people can afford it, which is most everyone. They think it's kind of cool to get music for free. And you yeah. think, just think about this. You go to work tomorrow. And your boss says, you know what? Today's for free. Okay. Are you already paid hours? Well, it's for free because I can get you for free. It is the same thing when yeah. people think they can, you know, get music for free. You are basically, you know what it costs to make an album? It's not like a movie. You get paid to be in a movie, right? There, yeah, I'm the star of a movie. I get blah, 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 blah. Movies out of this and the good, I still got paid. People have to realize when you that have 5,000 songs on your computer that you downloaded, go to work 5,000 days and not get paid. It's the same thing. But yeah. people don't see that now. The culture, they, they, they think it's okay to just have free music. And also our big artists like U2 and even Rihanna giving away their albums. 
you know, I think they forget what it was like before they were that successful. <laughs> yeah, right. So they, they can afford people, that. <laughs> Hello. Oh, give away your album. Hello. Oh, look at us. Have the new album for free. Then people think everybody just was that now. Now yeah. people think you got to give your you got to give music away for free. about your name so because oh, we yeah. both have you know unique names yours is actually your birth name mine's a, a meditated name but it's now my real name um cool tell us about your name well my name lakota is from the lakota sioux indians and my mother who is not uh indian she was uh from england was uh, adopted in the sioux nation through her travels and became an indian by blood and spirit so when she did have children, she named all her daughters American Indian names. So I was named at, uh, when I was born, of three years old, they took me, I was at Pine Ridge in South Dakota, and they, I was named by the Indian chief there, and I remember it. Um, I remember the tall Indians dancing, and it was raining, and he said, this child is named after the Lakota Nation. And the Indians all dance, and I remember that, that's one of the, First things I remember as a as a as a little girl, and 
So my name has always been very meaningful and important to me. And um, Lakota, it just works. And luckily, um, that's why, you know, I love it so much. <laughs> God, yeah. I got lost in and, that and story, you, but, It has a meaning to it, too. There's like a deeper meaning yes, to it. Yes, it does. It does. It means all as one in the Lakota Nation. All as one. So... That's what that That's is. So. It's funny you. how, you know, like names, um, I never, I, I kind of had a theory and then it didn't really sort of kick into place until I changed my name. Um, but I used to call it namerology and this may exist somewhere, I don't know. But I had this, you know, theory like people named Chris all do this kind of thing or people named mm-hmm. Bob all do this, right? And, you know, names actually do mean something because I, I, you know, when I was come developing my name, um, basically the way I got it, I went and did a meditation and I asked the universe, I'm like, Hey, what's my name? What's my real name? Uh-huh. And, you know, shining starlight came to me and I'm like, yeah, I'm not calling myself that. Or like, are you kidding me? <laughs> right. But then ladies we, and we, gentlemen, <laughs> shining we, uh, starlight, everyone. <laughs> Put your hands together. <laughs> but you're well, right. We, names we, are vibrations. They're vibrations. Yeah. And yeah, that's what yeah. we align with. So absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And just even us, you know, talking a little bit before the show here off record, you know, that, um, you know, our, our philosophies, our, our, our world paradigm is kind of in an alignment and I believe, yes. you know, because of your name, you kind of, you step into that role, like, oh, yeah, well, all is one. So, you know, through your music <laughs> and through your, your being, you're, that's what you're emanating. Wow, that's, uh, that's ac- very well put. Um, that, that's absolutely right. Wow, yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. Wonderful <laughs> statement. Star fire or whatever your name is. <laughs> I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I am from Palladia. Thank you. 
So tell me, um, going about booking shows, like, what is that like for you? Because it's oh, God. Yeah, exactly. God. It's like <laughs> <laughs> man. Uh, and have they, you, are you like the booking agent and have you always been, are you at a point now where you can um, get a booking agent or, you know, where are you at in that whole Well, it varies thing. depending upon the show and what the event is. Um, uh, uh, Linda Inigas, uh, CEO of Boo Boo Records, who's welcome to Who You Were Meet, she has uh, taken on herself to do a lot of the booking. There's been a couple of times where I've had a booker book me. I'm right at that point where, um, bookers are starting to book me, um, but still I have to take the initiative ourselves sometimes. So it's um, I I the last show did I, what last show did I book? I don't remember what it was, but I booked quite a few shows, and the booker that comes to see the show loves it, and then he will you know call Linda, and she'll have the show booked. So right now it's kind of her and I. I don't have a booker on staff at the moment, but that's you know. I, in the, that's in the near future as you get more of a buzz and you know it's all these things have to come into being to draw the right booker because the mm-hmm. right booker makes a big difference because a yeah. lot of shows you know you just don't get paid for it so you're like well I'm going to pay for my band and this kind of thing so booking is one of those catch 22 um, yeah. you're, if you're not big enough you don't get booked you don't get booked until you're big enough so yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so, you don't get Friday time. night until you can pack Monday night at midnight. It's like, what? Exactly. <laughs> so Monday night, bring all your friends. Bring 50 to 75 friends at 1145 on Monday night, okay? All right. For 12 bucks a ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll do it. No problem. All right? Jesus. But, uh, you know, you just keep piling on and you know, once it was really good to play out this last year, though, because I saw how my songs worked and how mm. powerful they were energetically live. And now I, I have to make sure that when I do have a show, I have to get over the hassle of the sound and to make sure everything works right and blah, blah, and enjoy the performance. But that's mm-hmm. what we're here for, to enjoy the performance, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. trickery. It's, it's trickery, darling, trickery to actually have yeah. that balance. But I'm I'm gaining. <laughs> 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 nice. And do you prim- primarily play with your band, or you, do you kind of go out solo, or is it a mix? Well, it depends. Uh, if I have a radio show, I've had a couple of radio shows where I just have my guitar player, Frank Greenfield, who's amazing, by the way, and myself will do a couple of my songs unplugged. Um, most shows are full-on band, and I have my, uh, of course, my drummer, uh, my uh, celloist, lead guitar, and then I have a lot of tracks on my songs, so... If I don't have a keyboard player or uh, electronic keyboard player, I'll have that on track in my drummer place to a, a, a sync, a click track. I know because I have like a lot of sounds, a lot of electronic sounds, and you don't mm-hmm. keyboard players are hard to come by. On yeah, levels, you know, mm-hmm. so I'll have yep. I'll have tracks playing, always my vocals, but I have harmonies on track, um, and then uh, all the electronic piano sounds. So in Austin, I'll have my you no know, electronic, my piano sounds and electronic sounds on track, you know, but because uh, it's not always feasible to have your full band with mm-hmm. you. Um, traveling yeah. in LA, I do, but when I'm traveling, doing shows or doing a radio show, um, something sometimes you just break it down acoustically because these songs sound really good organically as well, with just maybe the cello and the acoustic guitar and my vocal. Oh, that's a whole other experience. Mm. Of, say, it's probably very songs. haunting. Oh, is that soldier song acoustic? Yeah, I bet. It's like, ooh, you know, it's very affecting. Yeah. So, um, you got to be able to, you know, jack of all trades, play full band, play solo. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. That's how you got to be in the land of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> and so how long have you been playing in L.A.? I've been here for a bit. I've had various bands, like I said, the Deep Happy a group called Love Too. So I've played out for a while. This last incarnation yeah. of with my solo album though, we uh the album just came out in last October, but we started playing out in uh June of last year. We started the House of Blues that on Sunset Boulevard, which now is nice. was one of the last oh, shows. Wow. Shows. Yeah. And then from there on we played a show a month in Los Angeles. Um big shows 
some not so big, and then some traditional, like the kibitz room, where you have to play. It's like a traditional place to play in, in Los Angeles. So I played a lot of. I played at the Roxy. I played at the Whiskey. I had an album release at the Whiskey a couple of years back, and that's uh, so pretty much everywhere. But you know, it's different to play in LA now. It's not like it used to be. Or, you know, there's Jim Morrison, and there they are, and the record labels come in there, and they go, oh, can I burn you as you're throwing up in the alley? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Way on now, you know? You have to prove you're a money-making machine before before that ever occurs these days, you know? So yeah. playing out yeah. has a different face than it did, I'd probably say, even five years ago. Things are changing so much wow. for live music, you know? And a lot of it's great, but... Yeah. What are you gonna what do? Are, <laughs> what are some things that you have to do to get people to your shows nowadays? Well, you have to have a very good online presence, social media. You have to have a good following. I have all this. Fortunately, you have to have a lot of word of mouth, good friends who bring their friends, and everybody has to like it. And luckily, when they come, oh, I love it. For the next show, you tell your friends, and it's a lot of word of mouth. Yet it's still social media these days, you know, the Twitter and the, um, and you have to have a kind of a good press uh, PR in LA. I mean, it may be different in another city, but here, oof, you got to have a PR press, got to have the social media going on from all that entails. And a lot of mostly still the balls down to word of mouth. So people who saw you um, from your last show and maybe they were there to see someone else and they go, Oh, you're great. And then you, you have to find them either emails or through your website, and then you have them bring it, bring other people. It's really it, when you get a buzz going, that's when it works, you know. It, it, it runs mm-hmm. on its own when you get the buzz going. But it's, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it's almost, again, trickery, you know. <laughs> but you, <laughs> so you just have to, you know, have to have that gumption to dive into that play out, gather fan pool in whatever city you actually live in. Like, I have fans like, Romania, uh, you know, and all these other countries right now. Um, so we're gearing up to do shows there as I'm getting played on the air. So I'm getting on oh, nice. airplay right now, Heaven's Own and now Soldier Song that just came out. And as that galvanizes the need for my band to do a tour in that particular city. So that's kind of where we're heading right now. Cool. Nice. Nice. And you mentioned the email list. Are you really active with making sure that you're getting people's emails and do you send out a newsletter and all that kind of good stuff? Well, I should. I I don't have a newsletter yet and I feel really bad, but I know, but I mean, you know, I don't have an assistant right now and there's only so much time in the day and night to do all this stuff. And right now I'm taking care of all my social media and um, I really don't have the space in my brain for a newsletter, but you know, it's cool. You know, it'll come, but that is highly recommended a newsletter and email. Yeah. Email the old fashioned way is really a, a, a good way because not, you know, Twitter is, is not gaining a lot of new people in the sense of the Twitter itself. Um, but you still manipulate Facebook, you manipulate you trickery, manipulation, but yes, emails is a big part of it. But again, it's more who your friends bring, what your friends say about it, or the people that don't even know you, they were a friend of a friend, and they said, I saw Lakota, and it was great, she has a show Thursday, you want to come? It really boils down to that, I think, more than any, any of that. It's friends telling friends. That's really what it is. <clears throat> and then they is. tell two friends, and they tell two friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then it's a platinum selling album. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're just Justin Bieber. <laughs> oh God! Oh, I will hold my tongue on that one, darling. <laughs> but I do oh, have an album God. available on my website that anybody can go to. So <clears throat> we'll talk about that later. Yes. Yes. Well. Lakota, Lakota. See, I yeah. did it. I'm that dang American, oh, well done, damn a heck from Texas. And actually, I'm not actually from Texas, but um, I still, you know, I'm lame. So we're nearing the end, Aww. and I'd like to reserve. I know, I know. These are getting harder and harder to say goodbye, but uh, <laughs> you know, 
Um, it's been awesome. Like to... Absolutely awesome. Yes, yes. Well, I want to have you share some final words of wisdom with us. Wow. Well, <laughs> wisdom. <laughs> I think the blow who you know, we've already said that, so we'll put that in there first. <laughs> you know, uh, wisdom. <laughs> you know, I think it will be be very essential for all of us now to be as happy as we can be. Find what makes you happy and do it. Um, whatever it is, be we all have to be happy right now for humanity. Other things going on in the world. Um, if you write music, if you play and sing, do that to be happy. If you uh, invest, you do that to be happy. Whatever it's about, being happy. Humanity has to be happy again because our true state of existence is complete bliss and happiness. And we have to remember who we really are. And it's not about trying to get as much money as you can or trying to trying to achieve this or achieve that. You have to wake up and be happy who you are, where you are. Find if you're not happy, get happy. And I know it sounds hokey, but when we're bliss and we're in happiness, our energy explodes throughout the entire planet. Flowers grow from it. Beauty is about love and happiness. The bales were right. All you need is love. Well, I think that would be my phrase, and it's true. I've experienced it. That's 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 true. So that's my little piece of advice. Well, folks, that wraps up another episode of On the Record. Tune in next week. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.